Greetings and salutations. Welcome to this, the eighth episode of Load In, Load Out, a tour story podcast produced in Athens, Georgia, in association with Kindercore Industries. Our guest this week, the band Menorket from Asheville, North Carolina. They passed through town recently. Ryan and Cash sat down with the band to talk small, out-of-the-way music scenes, touring with family members, and the way people get all judgy these days if you set stuff on fire. If you're enjoying the show so far, head on over to iTunes and hit us up with a review. We will figuratively dance at your metaphorical wedding. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, uh, I am Ryan. I'm Cash. And this is Load In. Load Out. All right, here we are. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Tell us what you got going on. Yes, uh, I'm Ryan Anderson. Uh, I'm in the band Menorcan, uh, songwriter and I guess band leader, guitar player. Yeah, yeah I'm Justin Anderson, brothers Anderson. Yeah. The brothers I play the Anderson. sticks, <laughs> whittle them out of cedar trees, <laughs> and uh, break break usually one a set. But um, <laughs> it gives me something to do during the day when I'm not jamming. Yeah, we've got our bass players not here tonight. But who uh, what? What's I forget? His name's Joe Terry. He's from Poison from Control Center, right? Poison Control Center. Yeah, based out of from Iowa. Which yeah. you you you've said that we should probably get him in here at one point because he has great stories as well. Yeah, definitely, yeah. absolutely. Any anyone from that band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were they were the, did they live here for a little while or because uh, everyone here seems to know that band yeah. when i talked to them only through the pop fest through happy happy okay. birthday to me the pop fest just they came a lot and that's what i okay, toured yeah. here a lot i knew i'd seen them yeah oh, yeah. Name around a lot yeah, yeah. Best cool. live show which I've ever seen. which yeah. you know it, it's rare that uh, i find a lot of band names totally unoffensive and they're just whatever they're band names uh-huh. that's one of those band names it's like even if I knew nothing about that band, I would probably go see them live because it's such a great band name. Yeah, it's a good one. And very hard to Google. Or at, at one, at early yeah. on, it was hard to Google. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, being, being totally. in a band with uh, Reggie and <laughs> both Owen, both uh, both of Black Kids. Yeah, yeah, that's a hard one to Google. Right. Yeah. Every band we've been in together is difficult to Google. I was yeah, yeah. in gospel music with Owen. <laughs> right. Impossible to Google. Yeah. And now I'm in Blunt Bangs <laughs> with Reggie. Bangs, yeah. Impossible to Google. So new band name. New band name. Difficult to Google. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so how'd you guys you guys are brothers so yeah. did you guys uh, what's the age difference here uh, about two almost three years okay. two years and eight months so did like you that. guys get started playing music around the same time did you start playing together or no we were um like justin played guitar first and i would steal i started playing bass then i was like oh the guitar players are like write all the songs and everything's going <laughs> So I would steal his guitar and like, so I taught myself how to play guitar. And, and I that, ended up playing more bass. Then you made him play yeah. bass. Yeah. yeah. Well, I actually, I gravitated to the bass naturally. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, it's been my main instrument most of my life actually. Yeah. That's awesome. But we were like, you know, as an older brother, like, oh, you can't, like my younger brother can't be in a band with me. And so we were in. <laughs> the age gap was more yeah. dramatic then. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in bands outside of him and then, in, but then, I don't know, it was the last 10 or so years, longer than that, 12 years, ever, everything I've done, he's been a part of. Yeah. So he plays bass, he plays guitar, he's played drums. He's like a multi-instrument, you know, he's really talented. That's so, awesome. Yeah. 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 I'll also say, 
Ryan and I, I guess all three of us were from Jacksonville, Jacksonville, yeah. Florida. And I remember growing right. up uh-huh. and playing shows with your old band, Atari Star. Yep. Atari Star with the cadets, mm-hmm. roller skating rink. Yep. Nice. Roller skating rink. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. We, yeah. Jacksonville had, Jacksonville Beach had this great all ages club called Einstein's. And just, yeah. So by the time I was 12, 13, I was listening to all this great yep. stuff, merge record stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, places you I feel like that, see. that, that shaped a lot of people in Jacksonville. And I feel like we got to experience uh, those things much younger in life. I remember going to like shows at 11 and 12 years old, going to see like everybody going to yeah. see super chunk. I mean, right. saw, saw Nirvana when I was like 11, you know, yeah. and cause it was an all ages club. My sister took me to go see him back when my sister actually listened to good music. Hi Leslie. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh you know, like we got to experience what it was like to be in a club and to play clubs, right? Much younger than most people did. Yeah, with those Amnesty International shows, mm-hmm. it's like it was all ages, all local bands a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. And That's then, great. Like, I mean, merge. it's so encouraging to have. We don't really have much all ages stuff here. I mean, yeah, Hendershots, which I think does a pretty good job. Okay, um, of having like. Um, encouraging like young bands to come and play yeah um but yeah i mean it is i mean this was like lacking this was like a bar like it yeah. didn't serve alcohol but mm-hmm. it looked and felt like a bar they served coffee they served slushies which was what yeah. i mostly got <laughs> yeah uh and they had dance nights that uh-huh. are better than any adult dance night i've ever been to yep and uh, they have the record store right attached record to it store so attached you, to it what's what is that cool and you go over and buy it and right buy the shirt and yeah right. it was amazing and That's awesome and every band you can it wasn't just like oh there's this band coming through because there's knowledge just every band you can imagine played there i mean like red hot chili peppers teenage fan club nirvana uh-huh. like everybody played there and the, everyone who played there that i've talked to even touring now when i say i'm from jacksonville like oh einstein's a go-go yeah I'm like yeah they're like that oh, was my favorite place to play yeah, I had a conversation online with the grasshopper from Mercury Rev, and we were, mm-hmm. he was like, "That's still one of the best shows we played." And he described it; he remembered everything about that night. Yeah, wow. and that was I don't know twenty away oh, over twenty years mm-hmm. ago. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it was were just, you there at that show? Yeah. Oh, uh, that's cool. That's still one of my top two shows I've ever seen. For yeah, sure. yeah, that's really awesome. And, and that, that place was. I mean, I hesitate to use the word magical, but it was magical. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like us as these little kids, like uh, that's my daughter's age. Yeah. Imagining Brighton, my daughter, going to what is essentially a bar, just not a bar. And like Tammy and Terry, if they knew you were fucked up or or drunk or something, kick you out. Oh, yeah. So it was a very safe place. Stay in business. And it was right on. And not serving booze. It was right on the beach. Right on the beach. Then go swimming in the ocean. Not only did they not serve booze, but it didn't matter who it was. It was always six bucks for a show. Wow. It was never more than six dollars. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. And they always paid. What if Fugazi played though when they had to make it five? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Basically one dollar off. But, uh, (laughs) well, I mean like it was never more than six. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But, uh. They paid the band what they were supposed to, guarantee no questions asked. They fed the band and they gave them a place to stay because there was the apartment upstairs. Yeah, wow. absolutely. And that that's where I learned how to mic check and yeah. play in with the sound system. Yeah. And, yeah. Cadets were the very last band to ever play on that stage as oh, part shit. of that that last little Carnival Go-Go festival. When did it shut down? 98. Yeah, that sounds about right. right. Yeah, my senior year, high school, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah. It is. 
But that's where, you know, we learn to be in bands. And, and there's a lot of us, like Daniel Gill, who runs Force Field PR. He was an Einstein's kid. Radical uh, Face. Radical Face was an Einstein's Radical Face slash uh, Electric President Einstein's kid. Yep. Rickolas, Einstein's kid. Mm -hmm. uh, Rob Roy was an Einstein's kid. A lot of the Einstein's people have gone on to do great things What's in the, the music industry. He lives in Devon, lives in Chicago now. Yep. Irving De or yep. Devin Davis. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Einstein's kid. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of us that went on to do things. Um, my friend Emily, she was is a filmmaker out in LA. Like it, it, it was a, it was a, um, like, like a very well sewn field for, for the arts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Which is not something, I mean, just to be stereo to stereotype Florida from somebody not from there. My <laughs> wife is from there and obviously yeah. my friends are, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but you know, like that's not what you would think of, you know, from being a band from somewhere no. else that like Florida would have the place. Well, I think that that's had. what, like that environment, Florida is kind of boring for a kid. Right. And you're growing up there. So it kind of creates this, like, I think cool things come out of boring places. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm bored. We got to do our, well, let's have our own concert venue. Let's yeah. have our own record store and let's start making our own scene. And that's, what's great. That's what, when we go to Iowa, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, Ames, Iowa, where I know Joey and Poison Control Center, they started Bi-Fi Records like 10 years ago and they created the scene. They started uh, emailing all the Elephant Six guys yeah. and then they would just, uh, set up shows for them in Ames, Iowa. And, like and another great place like that is, yeah. have you played Whitesburg, Kentucky yet? No. I, I suggest everyone out there at one point on their tours, as weird as it sounds, should play okay. Whitesburg, Kentucky. That yeah. was one of the coolest places I've ever played. Yeah. It's this weird back of water, nothing going on that you would think it was a mountaintop mining town. Yeah. And that industry went to shit. And so, and like mostly other cities around it just collapsed, but they decided mm -hmm. they did, they're doing this thing called, um, Apple com or something like that, where it's not Apple, it's Appalachia. Uh, -huh. uh and so they're reinvested into the arts. So they, they have this big arts community there, but they also have like bands who come and play there. They pay you well. There's always a shitload of kids out there and they're always buying merch, even though I don't know where they're, I know it's a very poor town, but they always buy merch. They're always excited, mm -hmm. but it's this weird thing where you go and you see these kids and they look like what punk rockers looked like when we were in high school, right? Which is like the leather jacket, <laughs> yeah. the studs, the pink Mohawk. Yeah. And so you're like, Oh, there's a bunch of punk kids. They're not going to get what we're doing. They're not going to like it at all. And then they come up after you and like, Hey man, like, first of all, there are these punk rockers. And then when they talk, they have the thickest Southern accent ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, Hey man, that was great. Where can we get something from you? Are you, when are you guys coming back through again, you all want to go out and get a beer or something like that. And they're like really into it. They're just into music and it's great. Yeah. That's, That's what awesome. we just, we were in April, in April, we did a tour and we were at, went to Kirksville, Missouri. Yeah. And it's just kind of great spot. Really? Great, yeah. Mm -hmm. just, there's this little venue called the Aquadome that they've, they switch it over to whoever's in college. And like the guy was graduating and he was this big thing. Like it was his last year running the Aquadome and they yeah. hand it over and there's a ceremony to the guy who's going <laughs> to run it the next time. Please tell me it's underwater. No, it's no, not. Okay. There's no, like, but Kirksville just Kirksville's a cool. It's pretty, but there's just not very much going on. But they create this stuff and they get touring bands to come yeah. there, and it's all ages. And 
they were grilling out and cooking wow. burgers and hot dogs and stuff That's for awesome. us. It was great. Yeah. yeah. It's a little towns. I mean, like, yeah. sure, New York's great and, you know, LA's great and all that right. stuff. Whatever. Of course it's great. They're both such pains to play in there. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. New York is the worst <laughs> fucking place to play. As in, like, so if you're playing multiple things at, like, CMJ or something, trying to get from oh, one God. place to the other. Yeah. yeah. And parking, you know, always getting the fucking parking tickets. It's the worst. But, but it's a little towns like that. Yeah. That 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 bec- they they become they they become so endeared to you like Whitesburg like I I had those experiences of Whitesburg and I tell everyone now if you're going on tour and you're anywhere yeah. near Kentucky play Whitesburg absolutely that's what we played um Rock Rock Island Illinois mm-hmm. so there's this venue called Roz Talks it's a similar idea it's like this cafe venue oh uh, i played there yeah in rock island yeah whenever we went to go do um day trotter do- day trotter we played we played the exact place you're talking about yeah. yeah and it was awesome it's awesome and we played with a bunch of high school bands yeah and they were great yeah and they have like a library there mm-hmm. wow. and, you get, and the bands can stay there nice it's yeah it's just, yeah, we watched purple rain on vhs wow. <laughs> yeah. did some stretching get warmed up for the show nice yeah. it's, it's a good you know watch prince before you play it's a good, <laughs> good tip not intimidating at all yeah no <laughs> have you ever played the second street entry by the way no i've prince? never been to minneapolis so yeah you yeah. played there before right yeah yeah i've played there a couple of times oh. yeah um, it's weird playing there yeah well the first time we played there was we were opening for gogo bordello and or they were playing before us i don't know any whatever for which it was. band um i think that was the sunshine fix yeah i think it was the sunshine fix and the f- no it was just them yeah i think that's what it was and we were playing and um showed up late because you know whatever we were late and like this the place was weird enough as it was i mean it's neat it's a really cool place but it's just part of this like giant club that um so it's like the 7th street entry to what's it called first avenue oh yeah 7th yeah. street not 2nd street avenue yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah so it's like this giant place and then the side club there but you load in through a door that's like onto the stage mm-hmm. and we started like rushing to load in and gogo bordello was playing already and mm-hmm. i don't know if you've ever seen or heard them but they're just like this crazy gypsy music and there was like people like dancing everywhere and i want to say that there was fire but i can't believe that anyone would have let that happen <laughs> like but fire on stage my, yeah, yeah yeah like, yeah. like spinning oh, fire or something back then it would i used to set my drum set on fire so they yeah. definitely let it happen <laughs> were you ever at any of those shows where i would set my drum set on fire i can't remember did you do that at milk bar or man jack did it at milk bar did yeah. it at jack rabbits yeah. were you yeah. at one of those I, shows i've seen your yeah. Flaming, <laughs> flaming drums. Yeah. <laughs> it's sweet. So they That's used awesome. to, that was before the, what was that band? White, Great White. Great White. That was before that yeah. incident. Now nobody can set their drums on fire. No, no. Uh, but back yeah. then, it was just kind of uh, the club owners were just, would look shocked, but that was about the worst that you would get. Yeah. 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 That's I saw crazy. online you can buy like an LED fire pit that you can put inside your kick drum. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's, not yeah. Cool. it's not nearly as cool. It's yeah. like that it's like that fake fire log thing you uh-huh. put in your video. Yeah, yeah. They had one the other night behind at Little Kings. Oh, yeah. A little fire pit behind the drum throne. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's never on. Everything double time. It's never yeah. on. Yeah. It, I, yeah. It's always back there, but it's never on. I I'm I'm always curious to like I always think that that was someone who has a drum set that does that scoots forward all the time and they probably put it on the in front of their drum set and just left it there and no one's ever come back to accept it. <laughs> no one's, no one's ever it. come back to claim it. Yeah, no one wants to move it. It's yeah. important. Right? Right. Not touch that. Uh, it's yeah. always back there right behind the drummer. It's always there. It's never on. We should like start a fire like out back one night and just yeah. burn the logs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say thank you to whoever it was. <laughs> Thank you.
remember My gun kept dragging me down It felt so wrong to be so right She said love is war You should pick my side over Do you guys have a favorite place that you play? Um, I love, we just played the cave in Chapel Hill. I always uh, love that place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm in town in Nashville, the moth light is a really great, uh, newish venue. Yeah. Um, we love playing there. Auditorium is so, always good. Yeah. Yeah. But the moth light has the best green room that I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's but funny, it, like as time has gone on, like having toured, doing most of my touring in like the late nineties and the early two thousands, uh-huh. you started to see it more in the early two thousands, but where clubs started to get better. You yeah. know, as far as, I mean, not just the club itself, but like the way they took care of bands mm-hmm. because for, for years, I mean, it seemed like it was just kind of like an afterthought, like, okay, right. you know, too bad that you guys have not had a decent toilet for a week, yeah. you know, like, yeah, too yeah. bad that you don't have any clean clothes or, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. But, but then we started to find places where it's like, oh, they have a washer and dryer right. or, mm-hmm. you know, um, or an actual nice bathroom or whatever. And it was just like, oh, wow, people are starting to take care of people. I think it's like like that's continued a lot more with places like making food and mm -hmm. having really nice backstage areas. Well, that's we we uh, we went and saw a band called Las Piñas from Argentina a couple months ago just because I really like that band. They were playing in Boone, North Carolina, but they flew in and they didn't bring equipment. And they were so shocked because they're, oh, we're tour like Every venue has, has amps and yeah. drums yep. and amenities and oh man, so, so they weren't talking, ready for it. They weren't ready for it. They had to Uh-oh. rent all the equipment oh, and buy no. equipment stuff. So <laughs> yikes, yeah. But, I, was, <laughs> but oh. I think I think what's happened is a lot like restaurants that started being owner being owned by chefs. Yeah. So it's be, become more chef friendly and you know. Uh, Restaurants that are more centered around what chefs think should happen. These clubs have started become becoming owned by musicians right. mm-hmm. who have toured, like yeah. Bottle Tree, which Brian now Teasley. became Saturn. Brian Teasley, yeah. from what I understand, is one of the best places to play. Yeah, like I haven't been to Green Saturn Room. yet, but I mean, the Bottle Tree was amazing. Yeah, it was, really took care of people there. Yeah, so. so I think some of these places are starting to be owned by musicians who have yeah. toured and understand like these green rooms at many times are like you know, safe havens for some of these bands. Like they'll yeah. spend most of their night back in that green room uh-huh. and, you know, just to have you... a decent, clean, dry. Right. Sit, right. You know? yeah. um, what I like about the moth light and, um, in Asheville, like the owners, John and Amanda, they ran the club or they, ha- I think they were in Chicago. So they know it. So they create this atmosphere that a lot of the bands that play there aren't in the green room. It's a really nice green room with a ping pong table and yeah. they're also hanging out in the right. bands and like taking care of the bands and making them feel welcome too. Yeah, which is that's cool. awesome. So which reminds see, me of Tammy, Terry and Tammy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, very similar. Like, and they, it's curated in the same way that Einstein's was for yeah. sure. Like they're, Paying attention to what are the cool bands right now? What do people want to see? I mean, actually, like consciously booking stuff. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just waiting to see what comes. Right. By. Yeah. yeah. It was very curated. Like everything that came through. Like you know, you can go any, and that was what we did. We went any night of the week, yeah. and it was going to be a good band, no matter. Never heard of them. Don't know them. Whatever. Yeah. We know it's going to be good. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. the 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 Faircloths, Tammy, specifically Tammy, but Tammy and Terry had more to do with my upbringing than my family did. Mm-hmm. Like they shaped me more as a person. Man, I hope your family's not listening. Not so, I mean, my mom knows that. <laughs> my, 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 my mom has always talked about how eternally grateful she is to Tammy for taking care of me and Denny whenever we were younger. That's great. Yeah. 
We hope you're enjoying this week's show. If you are, head on over to iTunes and give us a review or press our friendly non-toxic donation button. This week, we'd like to spotlight Girls Rock Athens, a nonprofit organization dedicated to empowering girls and women of all backgrounds and abilities through music education, creation, and performance. They provide leadership opportunities, build self-esteem, and provide girls with a safe place to express themselves. You can check them out and donate to their cause at girlsrockathensga.org. That's girlsrockathensga.org. So, is uh, are you you were you, did you guys grow up as close brothers? Were you guys good friends growing up? Like, is it weird playing together, or is it just sort of natural? Uh, we grew up really close proximity with each other, but not involved in each other's lives. Like, so in much. each other's lives, yeah. Not until later, till I went into college, yeah. And then he had this rad band um, when I was in college, and he was in high school. That was Dutchman. More, yeah, that was more nice. successful than any band I ever did. Yeah, it was this four-piece, like kind of math rocky band, like really t- all these really great group of musicians. They'd like sell out Jackrabbits and stuff mm-hmm. in Jacksonville, and like so I I'd go down that. to see them. Like band. these yeah. guys are, uh, yeah. Were you playing in bands in college too? Or? No, I was. No. I so I started recording solo and releasing mm-hmm. records with Bi-Fi Records and Happy Happy Birthday to Me Records. Yeah, under my name. Okay. Um, and then I actually sent a tape to Kindercore uh, <laughs> when I was in high school. Oh, and, yeah. And Dan wrote me back. He's like, it's really cool, but we're switching right when you guys went to the Skull logo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I've been impressed that, that somebody wrote you back, though. That oh, makes yeah, me feel Because I was afraid you were going to be like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, we sent you something and like you guys were asking. Yeah, I talked to Dan back, you know? the other night about it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, oh, I wrote you back. Good, good. Yeah, good, yeah, good. yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and that, yeah. that story brought up. And Ryan says he doesn't remember this, so I'm just gonna say that Dan said this. The story <laughs> yeah, about I don't, I don't I don't vouch for the story because I don't remember it. It could be true, but you know <laughs> he said you were standing there where he was yeah, like he uh, Ben Gibbard sent you guys a demo tape, and that and and Dan said that we, you guys were like, well, this is so much like what we're doing, and we're trying to do something different. Right. So he turned it down. Yeah. Death Cab for Cutie, and that's what started Barsuk because. Ben Gibbard got turned down by Kindercore, the label he wanted to be on. If only he remembered that and like wanted to. Dan says that he does. He like every time he sees him, that really? he reminds him of that. Wow. And then Dan also said that um, with Postal Service, they asked them to go on tour. Uh, asked um, uh, I'm the World Trade Center to go on tour on their first tour, but he hadn't heard Postal Service. No one had yet. They hadn't released it. So he was like, "I no, we really only want to play with electronic bands." <laughs> not knowing that Postal Service was electronic band. So not only did Kindercore, according to Dan. According tur- to Dan. Turn who has down, the worst memory in the world. Right, I'm not going to vouch for this for sure. Right. But. Turned down Death Cab for Cutie. But then I'm the World Trade Center turned down the door with Postal Service. <laughs> Smooth move. And that, he said that they, he said that uh, I'm the World Trade Center ended up going on tour with Postal Service at a certain point. Oh, really? And that, 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 um, uh, Ben Gibber would give him shit constantly. Like, this is the guy who uh-huh. turned down our demo tape for Death Cab and turned down the Postal <laughs> Service tour. Personal vendetta. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's Man. why he brought him on tour, just so he could, like, humiliate yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, make fun of him. I'd be like, look what you could have had. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's what when yeah. So early on, I had bands in high school. We we got to open up for like Ladybug, Transistor, yeah. and SX Green, Good like bands. Of ours, yeah. yeah, that would come through town, and we'd play at a record store, Strip Mine Records. Strip Mine. Oh yeah. wait, I think I played drums for Aiden on that. Tour. You did. Yeah. Yes, you totally did. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Totally right. That's where I first met you. That's yeah. when I met um, the Essex Green, and mm -hmm. then we signed them to Kindercore after that. Yeah, because they were called Guppy Boy or something before beforehand. that. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think mm -hmm. they had just started being the Essex Green. And I, we saw them right before they were coming to the Kindercore Pop Fest in '98. Okay. And they were all excited. Like Olivia Trimmer Control yeah. was their favorite band, and they were so right. excited. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you played with Ryan. Well, I think I might have seen you play okay. because after that they came. SX Green came a couple of times. And yeah. I saw Aiden at the same was, record store. It was Aiden, Saturnine, and the SX Green. Yeah, so the, I just saw that show. Yeah, we played with SX Green and Ladybug. Okay, um, at like at a different time. Yeah, yeah, like they yeah. toured together obviously because they shared so many members. It was right. easy for them yeah. to do that. But yeah, small yeah. world, man. I know. They could have just music. done. Uh, what, what's that other band they had together? The country band. Uh, the Sixth Great Lake. Yeah, they could have just done Sixth Great Lake as well. It would have been all the same members. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Sixth Great Lake had one or two members, though, that were like significant significant members that weren't in the other bands. Yeah. So they had like uh, one of the key songwriters, I think. And that's why they never really wound up doing much touring as the Sixth Great Lake, if any, actually. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. album is great, though. It is a great record. <sighs> but that's yeah. what's so good. Yeah. So I grew up with like all those Kindercore, Elephant Six bands, like recording and alone like my understanding was like oh you just record in your alone in your room and you release this masterpiece or whatever <laughs> everyone loves so, it yeah, yeah yeah so that's what when college i just started recording and just couldn't find people that could to play with yeah so i'd record make an album and then i'd call justin like i need a bass player i need a drummer yeah and then so we would we would do a little tour so we toured um a couple of times i mean every time every time i've toured i think you've been involved so yeah uh we would like one time we did in 2007, we toured up to the Midwest and picked up people mm -hmm. um, and they, they stay with us. So we had a four piece and they, they dropped and picked up two more people to play the same song, say the but just, same yeah. song. So by the time nice. we got that, we played the 40 watt in 2007. Yeah. And uh, with like his band that I was talking to that he had in high school, those guys joined us. Yeah. And created this like super band. Nice. And played the 40 watts. So that was, that was awesome. The Flying Dutchman backing Ryan. Yeah. That's great. So that was like a dream come true playing the 40 watt stage and looking down and seeing Robert Schneider. Yeah. He was playing after us. And oh, was, wow. Yeah. It was all full circle. That's so. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> super cool. Yeah. So um, speaking of the touring then. Yep. Um, what, uh, you got any crazy stories? Well, to lay that on that same year, yeah, uh, was one of the first tour memories that jumps out to me. I was uh, with the drummer, my buddy Matt Welch, and oh, it was late night, and we were just sort of like oh, shit. being silly, and uh -huh. we had a hotel room down there at the Holiday Inn, I think. Yeah, so we'll, the guitar in Athens, yeah, our guitar player Zach. We get off stage for the forty watt, and immediately this. Uh, woman jumps on him and like we he disappears so yeah okay I'll, yeah so later i'm i'm dragged off by i'm a like woman. walking around with matt and we peek outside the and uh we see we finally find zach the guitar player with this this girl and they're like out in the pool kind of doing their thing <laughs> and we're like oh man there he is you know yeah, yeah okay and we're like watching and then like we just timed it just right where they get out of the pool they had to jump the fence. For some reason, they oh, jump in the fence to get out, out of the pool area. Yeah. And homegirl slips 
and gets hung up on oh, no. one of the spikes of the fence. Uh, yeah. I'm talking like a like a head high, yeah, you know, oh, black uh, oh, iron fence. The but, spike goes into her leg. She she's like upside down, oh, hanging by her leg. Oh god! From the spike, and so we're like, shit, we're spying on him. Should we go out there and help? Yeah, you know, like oh, we we got to. So we go yeah. out there and lift this girl off of the fence. Oh man! And take her. Then she was at the show the next night. She was out at Pop Fest partying the next night so Jeez. yeah that was in the age of myspace i like after a week later like, you, you okay on myspace yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good <laughs> but i i didn't i missed it all in the morning i saw them and they were all tired what happens i heard this whole story so you <laughs> up spending the night in the emergency yeah. room or did <laughs> yeah. you have to take her to the hospital or uh, yeah know. they went to the emergency room Man, zach was with her all night at the emergency room yeah yeah, yeah. Like they called an ambulance and I remember that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was all just right here. Right? Yeah, that right was in Athens. Yeah, that yeah. night we were That's just crazy. talking about. Yeah. Man. Um, so have you guys ever had any, like, what kind of touring vehicle do you guys, uh, are you guys in? We've been lucky. We've, we've always, I, I've always managed to tour in a Camry, you know, like a little Toyota. Wow, nice. And then we've got a... Sienna van now. Okay. Uh, upgraded. So a yeah. smaller little minivan. Sure, yeah. yeah. But so that's like nice, comfortable touring, though. Not oh, like absolutely. in a, a, you know, death trap or anything like that. Yeah. Wow. Consider I was talking, lucky. That's fantastic. I was talking yeah. to Deerhoof last night. They also toured in a minivan, yeah. which is kind of surprising, but they do. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, I've always kept like drum set small, amp, small amps. Yeah. Um, well, I think the benefit to that, what we were talking about with them last night, is that you don't get pulled over as much. Right. You yeah. don't get searched. Yeah. And people, like your your vehicle is less suspicious. Right. I know people that tour with a van with a trailer on it, they're oh, always yeah. getting broken into. Right, yeah. It's just, oh, someone's carrying something in that trailer. Right. So, yeah. 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 Kincaid used to tour in a Astro van minivan yeah. until our base cabinet broke the ac rear axle. Oh. Because it was dang. like, oh, turns out you're actually not supposed to fill minivans with equipment. You know, <laughs> right. They're not built for that. Yeah. They're built for filling it with people. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, this is great. And I was like, what's wrong with my car? <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> was it a Megaliath or something? A what now? A Megaliath? It, it was like a, it was, I think it was like a, um, a 610 like fender cabinet or something. And for, for some Aiden? reason, uh, for Kincaid. <laughs> yeah. 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 Plus, I think at that point there was an organ too, which is yeah. probably part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wheeled a Megaliath, you know, it's like a six or eight by 10 yeah. cabinet into the cave in Chapel Hill on this tour with uh, Kegs of Asses, a band I was playing with. And um, and I was rolling this thing down past the bar and like the bartender looks at me and he's like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I had it on one the whole show. You know? Yeah. 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 The, I mean, I don't even know if that waveform could build it like form in the cave yeah you yeah. couldn't actually hear any of the notes <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty awesome yeah. so have you guys had any like run-ins with danger on the road before not really i mean we were in st louis and got broken into and oh man but it was a, it actually was a great st louis was is always fun i always loved that town did you go to the city museum no but we went to the zoo that's okay. also free i guess it's guilty budweiser money or anheuser-busch <laughs> money or whatever they pay for all the water in st louis and the zoo and wow. Zoo, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we, I have good friends from Bunny Grunt that lived yeah. there. We were staying with uh, we Matt. Were always, yeah, and we were, they always stay at my house when they were here. It's a small yeah. world, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I know. Uh, I love Matt. He was just in Asheville uh, touring too. But we were staying there and one of those things, I walk up to my car and I'm like, oh, that 
that shirt that's looks like my shirt like oh, oh that looks like that and on the ground outside yeah so oh. this whole trail of things <laughs> leading into my car and this broken window and and I, I was oh no okay well this has happened to me all my stuff stolen then i check everything's gone it's just a train someone ripped out the change drawer and took 75 cents so they didn't take anything but 75 cents yeah and my yeah in the busted window so holy crap so we had a day to kill. In yeah, Louis. so we get to hang out and wow, uh, St. Louis, go to the zoo, and yeah, I had just heard this story about the San Diego Zoo. I think it was in San Diego, and uh, this person, this human being, was like antagonizing one of the lions. Yeah, like throwing something at it and yelling at it, and this freaking lion jumps out of its little den that they had made you know yeah the one in st louis it's like 20 feet deep mm -hmm. right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and like anyone i've ever been to is like i that. Had just yeah. heard that story yeah and i'm standing there looking at this lion <laughs> 20 feet down thinking about like how this thing could probably yeah you know, if you pissed it off could like catapult <laughs> figure it out, out. they'd figure it a way to get out well that's what's so cool you, yeah like the st louis zoo is more like a park you just kind of walk into it there's no check-in yeah, you can just kind oh, of because it's all free. It's all free, wow. so it's just so strange. You're just walking around, and oh, there's a lion, there's a yeah, yeah. zebra. It's just a strange experience. That's cool. Uh, but that was that was really cool. And St. Louis is always cool because I know we played, and uh, Justin got a free haircut like at our <laughs> up in the club. Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> we've had that a couple. Guy, of, yeah, that guy was cut. trying to take me home. He was like. He's like, come on, come back to the barbershop and I'll give you a haircut. I'm like, right now it's like 1.30 in the morning. Like, I'm yeah, not going yeah, yeah. So we got to. Like, well, we'll do it. Y'all can stay at my place. You know, I'll cut your hair there. I'm like, are you not cutting my hair? You know what? I, I'm not going home with you. Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I was like, but I'm like one of those people where I'm just like always giving people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Just yeah. like trying to have a good time. So I was like, but you can cut my hair right now. Like right here, right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he ran down and got his scissors and clippers and stuff. Yeah. Cut my hair right there in the bar. <laughs> That's awesome. It's yeah. pretty fun. Yeah, you got a nice haircut. Uh -huh. <laughs> well, I, I do, but again, Deerhoof, when I talked to him last night, ended up, Ed, most of his stories were from his other band. Yeah. But there is something about not touring in a van, touring in a minivan in our car that shields you from danger. Yeah. yeah. I, I figured it out. That's yeah. what we got to do is we got to get a minivan yeah. or a couple of, of cars. Well, you, you brought up New York City, so... I've kind of laid in the touring game. And so I'm trying to help uh, talk to other friends who, Hey, where should I play in New York City? And everyone's like, don't go to New York City. Yeah. Don't do that. So the only big city I, I go to is I love Chicago. So yeah. every time I've always had a great show in Chicago, like our first show in Chicago was some old gospel church, like with a yeah. neon Jesus on the like stage. And oh, wow. I can't remember. It was, they turned it to Southside Arts Center or something, but yeah, we set yeah, up right great. where the altar used to be. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the sound was probably good, huh? Yeah. So I've never, awesome. uh, we always play in like little, these small towns that mm -hmm. people give us tips on. Like Kurt yeah. Spillins, oh, don't go, don't go here, go here. Right. That's go great. Here. I mean, those just, are the oh, it's great. That, yeah. Where and you so, actually make a connection to people. And Yeah. And I've always toured kind of sporadically. So it's, I'm always just so jazzed about yeah. being on the, away from town and being on the road. So it's fun. Yeah. It is yeah. getting to a point where almost New York is almost not worth it anymore. I mean, I still feel <laughs> yeah. like being from the age that we are, that you have, if you're going on tour on the East Coast, you have to play New York. Yeah. But really, you don't. Yeah. yeah, you don't yeah. anymore. I mean, it's always been such a hassle. I mean, yeah. I've had some good. Sh I've had good shows in Brooklyn before yeah. places, yeah. 
Um, but even, I mean, I but lived all those in, places are disappearing now. Yeah. They're all closing. Yeah. I lived in New York for two years and being in a band there was incredibly difficult because yeah. there were no practice spaces and you had to practice like pay by the hour for practice mm-hmm. spaces. And at the time I lived there in the late nineties, you had to like carry equipment into Manhattan cause there was nothing in Brooklyn. So you were like riding the train into Manhattan with the guitar and all your pedals and everything yeah. going and paying $25 an hour to practice in the uh, late nineties, $25. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you know, <laughs> and being like, okay, so no pressure, let's write some songs, yeah. you know? Right, um, yeah. And there's a million bands practicing there. You can't hear anything, you know, you can't hear yeah. what's going on. It's just, yeah, it was, it was, it was sort of a nightmare actually. Yeah. The only danger that we get into is just trying to push ourselves, like just driving beyond yeah. the road. Like I hate long drives. And we did, when we were in April, we were, played Iowa and we decided let's just drive all night. We drive through this crazy storm Mm -hmm. where I'm the one driving, everyone's asleep and I can't, I can see maybe five feet or so in front of the car and it's just wind, like sideways rain just coming through and just So you don't have a rule where somebody has to stay awake with the driver? I was was trying. trying. I had like empty Red Bull cans in my pocket. Every now I wake up and just be like, just like hit him on the leg. Don't kill us. Yeah. So that's always like, yeah, the scary part for me is being on the road and driving. Night driving. And and like try to drive drive as less as possible. Yeah. And um, because I've I've fallen asleep driving. It's always in Iowa for some reason, but trying well, to go to... It's a super boring place. Well, it's just so flat. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I'm driving through the Midwest and and I'm like, fall, and I wake up and I'm on the side of the road. Oh, gosh. I'm like, oh, no. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, and I'm always trying to push myself to get from like, what was it? Um, like Des Moines to St. Louis yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That is some danger. That's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, some of the scariest times that I've had on tour have been like night driving in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Or, oh yeah, oh um, I can imagine. Out, you know, out west, the mountains in a snowstorm. Uh-huh. That was Man. terrifying. Yeah, that's got um, Northwest is the worst. Up in the northwest area, trying to drive yes. between shows up there, it's especially the if you're worst. trying to go from um, Portland to San Francisco because there's not really much in between. Nope. They're really far yeah. apart. From, it's like 14 hours or something. Yeah, and um, not having toured there out west before the first time i went it was like oh yeah no problem we'll play those two back to back and then you realize like oh no we have to leave after the show in portland and drive through the night because mm-hmm. there's no way we're going to make it there if we don't and then you start doing that and you're in the in the mountains and like you can't see and then there's snow and it's just like oh yeah, my yeah. God, and there's, there's like this? elk and yeah. crazy live yeah. live yeah, yeah. out there like there was warning one time i was driving um to portland at night to see my friends mm-hmm and there was a warning on the radio about like some elk that had gotten into some oh, like man. fermented berries and was terrorizing what? some of the local towns. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, never drunk been elk. there before, That's driving incredible. at night by myself. Yeah, like, yeah. Is this like, a joke? Are they dressing elk out, of, out, out after you? <laughs> yeah, some, it's like some late night DJ just fucking right. people. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Careful about yeah, the drunk elk. Yeah, the worst of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's true. It's like, San Francisco, then you don't have anywhere to play up until like Seattle, Portland. Yeah. And I remember one tour, we, I, it, I was filling in for the drummer for the pauses, and we did an entire US tour in like two weeks. Yeah. So it was San Francisco to Olympia yeah. to Denver. Ooh, yeah. Whoa. And it's just yeah. like, who booked this and why didn't you warn me yeah, before? Yeah, who booked this and why do you hate me? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and that was when I was working on the road. You uh, know? Oh, yeah. And so, like, I had to work at 7 o'clock in the morning. Try and do, like, IT stuff. Yeah, at 7 o'clock. Computer, right, at 7 o'clock in the morning, no matter what. Ugh. 
And I felt bad for them because there was only two other people in the band. It's like, sorry, y'all. I've got to drive. I've told you before I came, I filled in for y'all. Yeah. Like, I've got to work every morning at 7 a.m. no matter what. Yeah. So I can't drive at night on the Ugh. weekends. Well, that's, Ugh. Why I, that's why I came up with this idea that I'm going to pitch to the to Menorcan to do. Right now, are we, is, are we This is the pitch. This? Here's the pitch. Yeah, Let's yeah. go. Breaking news All right, right now. So at 7 in the morning, I used to work construction in, uh-huh. in carpentry and stuff. Yeah. And I noticed that, like, all the people in that business are usually blaring rock and roll music. Mm-hmm usually from the radio and it's like the same 10 songs every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, there's like all these people wanting to hear rock and roll music during the day. <laughs> so I was thinking we do a do a tour where we play during the day at like construction sites. Construction. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm into that. That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that. It's just set up and just be like, all right guys, here we go. Yeah. See, time. What I thought you were going to say is you get into town and go to like, what are those where, where the people go to get work for the day, the day work? Day labor, day labor areas. So you get into town, you go do the day labor, you get paid that way, and then you go play at night. (laughs) Yeah, you'd actually get paid then. Yeah, yeah, you actually get paid. (laughs) Do some field recordings of like nails and boards, and then play it that night. Like that's the whole project is like the field recordings of the day labor during the day. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is a shitty thing that happens where you don't get paid. I mean, yeah, yeah. and that's. I wouldn't say dangerous because I'm never gonna fight people over money. But I've had people just be like, "No, you're not getting money." Oh yeah, I'm really. You know, just. I got taken, but (laughs) it was in Houston. Uh-huh. Uh, we played at this club and, and um, the agenda had a booking agent at the time and we had a guarantee yeah. and we got to this place and it was a super shady place. And you could tell from the get go that like something had gotten screwed up. Like it wasn't, um, you know, like the booking agent got them to agree to a guarantee, but then clearly whoever booked it on the club's end dropped the ball and like the show wasn't going to be a good show. There wasn't anybody there. Hmm. And the club was owned by somebody separate who didn't book it, who also owned like a, I think it was a strip club, but it was closed when he made me go in there. So I can't say for sure if it was, but that yeah. was definitely the vibe. Uh-huh. But um, but when, you know, at the club that we played, I was like, okay, you know, so we need to get paid. And he was like, um, yeah, you're not getting paid. And I was like, well, right. here's the thing. Like, we've been on tour for over a month mm-hmm. and we have no money. So you have a guarantee. There's a contract. Like, we're getting paid. Yeah. So it just kept going on and on. He kept trying to get me to leave and I wouldn't leave. So finally he took me across the street and he's like, all right, let's go settle this up. And he took me across the street to this other club and took me in this like back room office place Damn. and was like, here, sit down. And, you know, it was one of those like power move things where like you sit in a chair that's super low to the ground. Oh, yeah. You know, and then oh, there's yeah. someone standing over you or whatever. And he's like, I'll be back this guy's going to watch you or whatever. And I was like, uh-huh. what in the world? And so this huge guy, like this door guy or whatever from that place that was clearly like not a rock club, you know, it was like more of like a tougher place yeah. is like standing arms crossed, standing over me, like just trying to get me to be like, clearly what they wanted was me to be like, okay, forget it. I'll just leave. Never mind, You know? And it went on and on. And the guy started yelling at me and it became this whole thing. And the rest of the band didn't know where I was. And, um, and I don't think if we had cell phones, like nobody was using, whatever it was, it was long enough ago that it wasn't convenient for them to find out where I was. Mm-hmm. So they were like freaked out that I'd gotten taken away somewhere, oh, yeah. or whatever, which I kind of did. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I think in the end they wound up, you know, I think we had like a $300 guarantee, which I mean, admittedly was ridiculous. Yeah. Like admittedly, that was a huge But that guarantee. was a guarantee. But that was, yeah, you know, not my fault. You're the one that signed the contract, you know. Um, so I think in the end they wound up giving, he wound up giving me like a hundred bucks cash or something and just being uh, like, get out of here or else 
it's going to get worse. I, I, I thought you were going to say, oddly enough, you got a haircut. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I got no money in a haircut. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Haircut. But, $300 hair. Yeah. <laughs> but it did take like four hours to get paid and yeah. wound up, you know, like totally screwy. It was, yeah, it was. That's what, I, I want to point out, I want to point out that where we are in music and what level we're at, we're like, well, yeah, well, $300 guarantee, that's ridiculous yeah right yeah i mean it's huge yeah yeah Yeah. i hope you understand that when i say ridiculous i mean huge right like that i want people out there to realize yeah yeah like three hundred dollars for an indie band especially in the late 90s is a lot of money oh yes yeah when when we talk about getting screwed out of money we're not talking about like two or three thousand dollars we're talking about three hundred dollars yeah and that to a band at that time is crazy like holy shit they paid us three hundred dollars and it was for us it was the difference between whether or not we could make it to the next town absolutely you know, this was like a month and a half. I think we were on our way back from having gone around the whole country. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everyone was completely just just worn out. I mean, it was a stupid idea. Don't for your first tour in a band, don't go on a three and a half month. Tour. No, yeah, don't absolutely. go on a three and a half month tour, period. <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah. Much. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. When I'm talking about money, I'm talking about 50 bucks right. or yeah. something. You know, yeah, something yeah. about the bar. Yeah, we'll give you 50 bucks. Yeah. Well, that's why we always pack like a. Uh, kayak paddles and things that we can like you know push the van if, if it comes down to it, you know, like the Italian people that yeah, yeah. using those long sticks and like canoes that's perfect we'll get there yeah we'll get there we'll find a way but you, you always know a seasoned band when they have a cooler in the car oh yeah absolutely like with like sandwich stuff yeah because the two biggest expenses on the road food and gas yep. oh, yeah yeah I remember touring with Maserati and they always had they had like a camp um, stove that they would bring, mm. and so everybody would like they would stop and make lunch at like rest areas or whatever. Yeah, and everybody in the agenda was too lazy or stupid <laughs> yeah. to do that. So we we always went up eating out and then being totally broke. Yeah, we. I did one tour where our our food was day old bread. Like we'd go to yeah like grocery stores or bakeries getting and and beef jerky. Yeah, so it was like that was our like sandwiches breakfast. Yeah. That's that's so, not. So you get, I mean, not bad. it gets calorie. Yeah, it's a good way to. People talk about yeah. gross beef jerky. I think Beyond the Rose. I have a very strong taste for beef jerky. Oh, I because you the, get so much protein and everything you need just for yeah, beef jerky. Sure. On like, the way I mean, over here, I was like, we had donuts before we came over. I was like, oh, I need some protein. I'm, I'm really craving some beef jerky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I started eating on the road just because of the protein and the yeah. energy it gave you, and now I crave it. And I mean, it doesn't it is, spoil. So. It was literally like something that didn't spoil that you could take on long trips. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. You to be like hunting or looking for a new place to live but right. yeah and it doesn't you know. it doesn't smell as bad as like canned fish right yeah yeah, so. yeah. not as bad <laughs> not as bad <laughs> pretty bad though. it smells bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did discover because i'm the vegetarian pretty much all the right. time that i've toured yeah and um eventually found some uh like fate fake beef jerky uh-huh. it was actually yeah. super good but it was so expensive mm-hmm. and so it was just like gold whenever you would find it it was just like oh health food store oh they might have it all <laughs> so good but it's so expensive yeah um, have there been any places uh that stand out in your mind that you've eaten like because i always feel like we always say that that's a big oh, part of touring is eating yeah food is a big deal um any place i mean it's always great to have your you go and you get a free meal mm-hmm. um so we, when we were on tour in April, we played the Comet Bar in Cincinnati. Played there before, and I actually love that place. It, I love that place too. It's like right up my type Play of. Played there with uh, with Little Gold. I realize I'm not up on the mic, so yeah, you're getting a lot of room mic from me. Sorry, go <laughs> ahead. You're super up. On yeah, it's, it's a it's a great spot, and they they give the bands food, mm-hmm. and it's just 
a burrito or something, but it just tastes so good mm-hmm. when you're, yeah. you know, like I've got a funny story about the comet. Yeah. I mean, I know this is about me. This is about you. I'm just going to tell yeah, it real yeah, quick. Yeah. Like last tour I went on, like, you know, a lot of people think that musicians hook up with a lot of people on the road. Right. I've never in 20 years of touring had never hooked up with anybody. Same. Yeah. So, uh, this last tour with little gold, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to hook up with somebody <laughs> on this tour. It's my 20th year touring. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I had Tinder, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And I was yeah. using Tinder everywhere that we went. <laughs> I was using Tinder and OK Cupid. Uh-huh. And it, at Comet Bar, I had a hit on Tinder of someone who was going to come up and meet us. Yeah. And she got up there and she was very nice and pleasant. But then the realization of I met this person on Tinder. They uh-huh. didn't come to the show to see us. They came to the show because I got them to come to the show from Tinder. Do I really want to go home with this person? And of course I decided not to, I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. This is yeah, really weird. No, I really didn't. I, didn't. <laughs> I, I did hook up with people on that tour, but it was all people I already knew who were from Jacksonville were already friends and had moved away. <laughs> and that was, that was like my, that was my way of, compromising like i didn't want to go holes with someone i didn't know yeah so and i wanted to be that be the tour that i hooked up with someone so it was people a couple people that i already knew i remember one time i think we were in indianapolis right and um Mm. i i hooked up with an invisible person invisible person yeah yeah this girl comes up to the show you know we were hanging out all night and uh gives us a place to stay Mm. and she looks at me she says Oh, this was Cincinnati. It was in Cincinnati too? Yeah, yeah. Was this at a Comet Bar? No, this was earlier. This was at okay. Northside Tavern. Okay. Yeah. And she <laughs> was like, yeah, it's a good she's place. like, you should sleep in my bed and I'll see you there, you know, yeah. later. Yeah. <laughs> and she never comes. <laughs> she, never gave yeah, yeah. she never gave me She never showed up. We sleep in her house. It's amazing. And, so she but her sister, her her house. yeah, <laughs> but her sister like walked in on you in the morning. You're like, what are you doing in my sister's bed? for your sister. It was That's weird. Amazing. I felt like it was like I was a ghost or something. Yeah, maybe you were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you just don't remember. Maybe. No, sure. It's definitely not that because he was there. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was on the floor in the living room. I didn't. So get weird. That. Maybe she was like, "Yeah, I'm totally into this." And then on the way home, she's like, "I can't do this," and she yeah. just sat in her car in a parking right. lot. It was <laughs> waiting for you guys to leave. It was the opposite. <laughs> it was the opposite of my Tinder experience. Yeah. 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 Whereas I was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't do this. this. I can't do this." Yeah. This yeah. way, it's the opposite. Where she's like, oh, "I can't do it." She's all night at a Waffle House trying to fall asleep. But all like the best poem of her life that day. It worked out. For the what best. have I done? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, tell us where we can find the band. Tell us what what you got out. How to how to get it? Yeah, we just had a new album come out in January called Dead Man. Okay. And the best thing to Menorcan.bandcamp.com. Okay. Get it there. Can you, you have spell a Twitter handle? Menorcan for people yeah. in case they. Yep. Menorcan. M I N O R C A N. Excellent. And Twitter at Menorcan. M I N. O with a zero, so zero. Oh, okay. Just spell it with a zero in Instagram and Twitter. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Load In, Load Out, a tour story podcast produced by me, Bill Fortenberry. Our hosts are Ryan Lewis and Cash Carter. Check out the merchandise at kindercore.com or hit us up at Load In, Load Out on Twitter and Facebook. We'll be back next week with tour stories from Andrew Rieger of the band Elf Power. We'll see you next week.